Kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 276, Life in the Fast Lane, number I already forget. Too five, fast, too furious. Five, no, maybe. I think it's higher than that. Hold on. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And there's no sponsors for this. I thought I was gonna buy myself some time by like letting you do that, but I'm just gonna vamp myself while I figure out Doxy Elon's Chopper was number five. This is number six. I was close, okay. Number six, too fast, too forever. Life in the flat, fast lane. Number six, Joe. What? We got news. We got Fast and Furious news. So here's here's the. This is news. I don't think you know. It yet. didn't drop. It you, didn't yeah. drop immediately after we finished recording this episode. No. Okay. Uh, well, this is not actually like news news. This is just kind of funny, sort of whatever news. Okay. Um, cool. There's there's actual news like Fast X, Fast Ten whatever trailer on feb 10 we will have a bonus episode then so we're just a few short weeks out from that but super bowl yeah there is news from today what title of this article vin diesel not starring in avatar sequels after all says producer john landau quote people took that out of context now do you remember when i was seeing avatar the way of water i'm like hey it's so weird michelle rodriguez in the first one vin diesel gonna be in the second one and i get home i'm like guess what vin not in this movie I do remember this, and I saw it too, but yeah, there's nowhere that Vin would have been, right? Like, we didn't, like, miss no, him or something. he's not in there. So okay, I knew yeah. that he wasn't in the second one, because I think I had found the thing that was just like, he's not in two, but, like, still maybe he's in a future one, who knows, whatever. But he posted, so once again, the Fast and Furious universe, the movies and the actors intertwine with Instagram in a way that this... That a lot of people are, but like this franchise seems specifically like bad Instagram things happen heavy. on Instagram. Yes, yeah, I agree. Go ahead. So he posted a video on Instagram with James Cameron while they were on the Avatar set. And he said, there's one person in Hollywood, this is a quote, there's one person in Hollywood I've always wanted to work with and learn from. And so all things come, I guess, to those who wait, which taken on his face seems like, hey, I'm an Avatar. Yeah. And does he say, so to all things come, like not all good things come so all things come i guess to those that wait i guess he's just saying like you know I, i've always wanted to work with james cameron now here i am things happen right okay so then as the clickbait culture you know people reporting from instagram as things happen a lot of articles were like vin appears to join avatar sequels right and then he tells mtv a couple days later quote i love james cameron i love the series i think it's safe to say we'll be working together is he is he trying to strong arm himself into Avatar? I don't know because then okay now John Landau, the producer of the movies, says, "quote Vin was a fan. He came in, visited the set to see what we were doing, and people took that out of context." Okay, so he kind of backtracks. Vin Vin alludes to him being in Avatar, and then the producer comes out and goes, "He was just on set having fun and like." Meeting James Cameron. I would say Alludes is, is right, but I feel like that's too gentle for what he did. He's basically just like, hey, man, I'm in Avatar. And people are like, are you in Avatar? He's like, I think it's safe to say that I'm in Avatar. And then he's not in Avatar. <laughs> it is the most Vin move he could have done, I think. Yeah. So because I remember like he was listed on IMTB like rumored or whatever or like, sure, like he was whatever. tied. And then yeah. – 
I watched the movie and I was like, I don't see him in here, but like half the movie's blue and like whatever. And exactly. I'm like, we could have but I'm like, no one really could've. seems like Vin, right? Like it's not like Yeah. And I'm just like, who would and then I, I looked it up and I think we briefly talked about it, maybe not on here, but maybe there's a Facebook, just like I don't think he's in the movie. Apparently he was never he was never in the movie. He might not be in any of the movies. He's just a fan posting on Instagram. So, you know, cool. Yeah, he got to, he got to meet James Cameron and all things come to those that wait. So Uh-huh. So, so maybe if he waits, may, Joe, maybe if we wait long enough, we'll be in the Avatar movies. I think we should just go on Instagram and just post that we are in the like Fast Ten. I was thinking, oh, okay, hold on. This is so. This is for I'm, I'm just gonna spoil. Be like, Surprise, guys, we're in Fast Ten, or like all things come to those that wait, and everybody's gonna be like, oh my god, did they really get into Fast Ten? And it's gonna be like, well, it's safe to say that we'll probably be in Fast Ten. I want to share. <laughs> this is for. Uh, Trivia for the movie, the the Patreon bonus movie that we're going to do this week, Ralph Breaks the Internet. This is okay. the, the lowest rated trivia on IMDb. It's O of three people. Zero of three people found this interesting. Okay. But I feel like this is something we have to do. Okay. This is verbatim for Ralph Breaks the Internet, Michael McGann's pick, which we're going to talk about on the Patreon, ToFast2Forever.com later stoked. this week. Go check yep. it out there. Verbatim, now playing podcast, reviewed Ralph Breaks the Internet. This film received three recommends. And I was thinking when I read what? that, we got to have Wes, I mean, not Wes, because Wes is historically bad at submitting IMDb trivia, but we need someone to go to, like, Fast X and be like, Too Fast, Too Forever, review this movie. They gave it two recommends. Okay. Oh, I like that. Because, okay. like, it's on, like, people don't find it useful, but, like, that's marketing for that podcast. That absolutely is true. Yeah. And that will be our closest tie to the Fastiverse, at least according to IMDb. So if you're out there and if you want to give it a shot, any trivia you submit for any movie we've talked about or not, just be like, this no, was no. not covered. This was not covered by the Too Fast, Too Forever I podcast. Got, I, I, I got a better idea. Okay, go for it. It's a combo of the two ideas together. Mm-hmm. It is that we announce that we're in Fast 10 and then somebody submits that the podcast is in the movie. As mentioned on multiple, there's like we can cite sources because you could you we've you've said multiple times. I just want them to be listening to the show in the movies. Yeah, so just go out there, just cause some chaos. That's what I mean. Like we announce it, and then we tell the like, then we say, okay, we're going to be in it, and then we confirm that we're in it in the trivia. Yeah, yeah, I think it works. If they don't cast us, they'll look bad. I think they already look bad by yeah, maybe. But, I mean, you know, we're in the movie, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, other news, Young Rock Season 3 finale, just about a month out on Feb 24. So we haven't figured out, you and I have not discussed how we're going to cover that, but we will cover that somehow. Yes. Whether a bonus episode or maybe one a week or something. But Young Rock Season 3, if you're wa- if and I don't know if anybody's watching it. Like, nobody's, I haven't so, read the emails that we got today. I don't know if people are, are watching it, but it seems like a, a lower key season than, than the first two. So I wanted to, I'm glad you brought that up because I finally have, you know, spent the the weekend watching Super Wildcard Weekend and when I was watching one, I'm guessing I think we, we talked about it briefly this morning uh-huh. behind the scenes. But I'm thinking it was Peacock, right? It's on Peacock. Yes, correct. Yep. Okay, so I was watching NBC uh for one of the games and I finally saw a commercial that was like, All of this is available on Peacock and the like the real for like other shows that you can watch on Peacock, one of them had a brief clip of Young Rock. Yeah. So not like a full commercial, but, but they're you know, acknowledging that 
it exists now right. 10 episodes into the season or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. It's out there if you want some more of that. I, I, I'm curious to see, because by the time we cover it, they will have all aired, and so, like, ratings numbers for every episode will be there. And I think I think I looked, when I looked earlier this season, they were all, like, way less seen than the first two seasons, but I'll find oh, yeah. out. Because we've talked about it on here multiple times. They're not, It's you, you don't know that it's happening. Like, they're not pushing it in a way that they did for the first two seasons, but it's still on TV. Yeah, even this that I saw, it was just like Young Rock exists, not that like there's a new season of Young Rock, you should mm-hmm. be watching it. It's just like, oh, Young Rock is one of our our original shows that we right. have. Yeah, so I don't know. I it's don't know. weird, man. Yep. Another bit of news, they cast, and this is I think just like they didn't know the actor who played, but Brian Marcos, the young son of Dominic Toretto, is now being played by Leo Abello Perry. Um, who is he was in the cheaper by the dozen movie recently? He was in one episode of Blackish, but he is now Brian Marcos in Fast Ten, and he is going to be he's he's a he's turning ten this year, so he's probably like nine. Um, but we were doing you know we were I posted this on our Twitter and people were trying to deduce if there was another time jump or not, and the the sort of the sum of it I don't know if you saw the replies was basically just like. This franchise doesn't care how old people are. Who knows? But it seems like the actor who plays Brian, young baby Brian, is now going to be about nine. So, and he was about two or three in the last one. Yeah, and that that came out in 21. So this is two years later, and he's aged six or seven years. Yeah, that tracks. So you never know. Who knows? I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about this. How do you feel about baby Brian not being one of uh, Vin's kids. I don't know how old they are, but I feel like the last time we saw the video when he like announced that it was going to be called Fast X, his son is probably oh, right you around mean, Okay, 10. so you were actually saying this in a way... I was hearing you say it in a way that we confuse things, but you're saying actually the actor Vin Diesel having one of his kids play his Biological son Biological children play baby brian it seems like that would be a very vin diesel move mm-hmm. like that's like the most familial thing you can do right like mm-hmm. to like include your kid in the movie do you think that would have been a good idea a bad idea do you like that idea do you wish that happened do you prefer that it be an actor what do you think about this i think it's fine either way the thing that i'm sort of maybe i don't know confused or surprised by when i make sure that i use the right words here is that this kid um, looks black, and Vin not black. Elsa Pataki definitely not black. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Like, take a look at this picture, and I mean, like, I know that they've always played the fast and loose with both ages and like what nationality, what ethnicity Vin Diesel or any of the Tretos are, right? Yeah, like Vin Diesel, yeah. but like, those are two pretty white people. Um, I don't. He's a citizen of the world. I guess so. So, like, you know, this kid looks like, yeah, kind of black, kind of Hispanic. He looks like, honestly, his his picture on IMDb looks like he's young Rock. I thought so too. Yes, yes, he definitely could play like a like a young Rock child. He's got the high top fade, right? So, like, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I think having one of Vin's kids would make more sense because at least they would look like him, as opposed to this kid who does not look like him. Um, unless there's a twist that like. It's actually because you know you know that Elena worked for Hobbs. What if they had a kid and that she's raising, and and Vin is raising the Rocks. Oh, that Dom is raising Hobbs's kid, and that's Hobbs's return to the franchise. Daddy issues, dude. 
poor Emrod is so boned. Like, Letty is raising a bastard child that might not even be <laughs> her, her, her lover's child. She's just out here like third-degree stepmom. Yes, correct. This kid, in the cheaper by the dozen thing, he does look like a little young. You know what I mean? Like, you, it seems like he could, like, even if he is 10, it seems like he could play about seven. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even that's like... So I think at at best, baby Brian, at best, in, in F9, he was four. He's probably not four. He's probably three or maybe two, but like at best four. And so youngest here would be seven, maybe. And it's still two years. So like, there's there's some, I don't think there's a way that we could realistically not have another time jump. I'm trying to do like best case scenario on both ends of the spectrum in terms of like how old the kid was then, how old the kid is now, how much yeah. time elapsed in between. And I can't make the math work again. But also, you know, F9 also had the 1989. It's like, no, it wasn't 89. What are we doing? It was not 89. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't the only other news that I have. Yeah. The last bit of news is something that Michael Moser, I think, sent to us on Instagram that there's this new series on Vice or new season of a series on Vice called Icons Unearthed and the third season is all about Fast and Furious. I know you were excited about this. Have you, I don't know if this is on. Have you watched it? Are you going to watch it? Because I don't know if I'm going to. I would like to. I think we should probably cover, like we should at least watch the first one and then decide if we want to cover it. How do you feel about that? I think you should watch it and see okay. if it's worth seeing. Okay. Worth talking about? Let me put a tab up. What's it called? It's one more time. Icons Unearthed. The first season was all about um, Star Wars. The second season was all about The Simpsons. And the third season is all about The Fast and Furious, supposedly. So it's not listed on IMDb yet, but I feel like the, the, the tweets that we got about it suggested that it was already out or coming out or something, so... It's yeah, I was just looking on IMDb so I could like kind of make a note leave this tab open. And yeah, it doesn't seem like they have any information about it. So this says coming to Vice TV in 2023. But I, I feel like I feel like there was another thing that said it was, you know, coming out soon or something, but but yeah, so Icons on Earth Fast and Furious here all about the true racing, true street racing story that inspired the iconic franchise. So this is going to be like Racer X Underground, the yeah. article, Craig Lieberman. But like they have Tyrese in there, interviews. They have Chad Lindbergh oh, cool. in there as interviews, right? Cool. So they have Kenneth Lee in there as interviews. So I don't know when this is coming out. Oh, no, it's new series premieres Monday, January 16th, which is last night as we record this. So okay, go cool. see if you can hunt it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that they moved. I have the Vice channel on Sling. Okay. But I think that they shut the channel down and maybe have moved to purely YouTube again. Icons on Earth, Fast and Furious on YouTube, right? Yep. 46 minutes long. The This billion-dollar blockbuster franchise began... Begins with a magazine article that inspires Universal to make a movie about the underground world of illegal street racing. New episodes Monday, 9 p.m. only on Vice TV. Or YouTube, Vice TV channel. <laughs> I, I love that. So. Only on Vice TV. Or here. Which, or here, yeah. Um, yeah, so watch that whenever you get to it. Report back. Let us know if it's good. And cool. I yeah, feel yeah. like I feel like documentary stuff is gonna like I, that might be the kind of thing where it's just like oh yeah like it was it was cool but like here's like they only we only learned like three new things and here's what I learned like you could just sort of report back you know That's what I mean fair. like yep, if it's great I, I will you. watch it. I got it. the link pulled up. Um, cool. cool. I'll give this a watch. Yeah, I could probably watch it after we record. 
Is there any other news that you have seen or heard about in the last few weeks? No, that was the... I wanted to talk about Young Rock a little bit, even though that's tangential, and Dom's son. So, yeah. yeah. So I think for the next episode, this episode will come out like the 24th, I think. So basically around the time we record the next episode will be the trailer drop. But we will do a separate episode of that and put that up, you know, the same day that we record it. Because um, it's going to be like over three minutes long, right? So it's going to be a long-ass trailer. So yeah. get excited for lots of spoilers, maybe. Or who knows? Yeah, we could watch it. We could put like... We could watch it live together because I'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to be on YouTube immediately. Yeah. Because like once you see the first one, like we're going to remember everything about the first one, right? Right. So. Correct. And so. then I'll, we'll do the we'll do our normal handshake, Joey, and I, I'll watch the second one. Thank you so much. No problem, and we'll go from there. Cool. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our patrons, TooFastTooForever.com. I said we did a, we're doing a bonus episode of Ralph Breaks the Internet. We got a bunch yes. of bonus episodes coming up in short order, it feels like. So go to TooFastTooForever.com. Even a dollar a month gets you in the door. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, and Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Slumber Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, D. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Again, Every level of the Patreon gets the bonus episodes, gets early access to all the episodes, higher tiers can pick what we watch, and also gets stickers and handwritten notes in the mail from us. So, too fast, too forever.com, please and thank you. But, Joe, extracurricular activities. Oh, we also have a store over on Public. Oh, this is kind of funny. What? When I created the Tee Public store, which used to be a too fast, too forever.shop, we talked about, we're not, we don't have that anymore, so it's tpublic.com slash whatever. But for whatever reason, when you create a tea public store, when I did, I want our username to be too fast to forever for obvious reasons. And Duh. when it made the account, it made it as fast to forever. It dropped the first two. And I was like, this is annoying. And I emailed someone I just never heard back. I'm like, okay. whatever. Who cares? We have the we have the domain. It's going to be fine. Who cares? Yes. So John made a store for 19.99 the podcast. Okay. And he's got a couple different designs over there. So if you think about what that podcast is called and what happened to Too Fast, Too Forever, do you want to take a guess on what the username for 1999 The Podcast is over on TeePublic? 999 The Podcast? Nope. Even better. Nine The Podcast. Nope. Even better. The Podcast? The Podcast. So we are just The Podcast on TeePublic, which I think is very, very funny. That's just awesome. Like, yeah. It's like we are The Podcast you're the most premier and dedicated podcast mm-hmm. on T Public. Um, but Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we doxed Elon's chopper? I've been trying to lay low, just to like not, you know, uh, get into anything weird. But I have done some fun stuff lately. Cool. Besides watching a ton of sports because it was Super Wild Card Weekend. I actually watched all like. All, most of all six games, which I feel like is a record for me because I've only watched the Vikings this year. So I watched most football this weekend, which is very exciting. That is exciting. And there was a lot of good games. You know what I mean? Besides like, you know. Besides last night. <laughs> besides your besides your heartbreak in last night, there was like a lot of like upsets, comebacks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was a very exciting weekend. I thought these were going to be a bunch of poop games, but turns out they were amusing. 
but beyond that, oh yeah, because like now you know Steelers are out. I think that we looked good at the end of the year. I'm happy with their progression. I don't think they would have done great in the playoffs, but with the upsets, maybe. Who knows? Should have won your fucking games. But um, I pretty much just like moved straight onto the draft. I've done at least like 300 Steelers mock drafts in the past because you can just like click through them really quick. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got like a good sense of who we might take in the draft based on the current standings. Um, I have plans to go watch the draft again with my buddies this year. Where so is the draft taking place? Is it is it it's always in, in Vegas City. now? No, oh, it's, it's in Kansas in, City. Okay. The draft is in Kansas City. We're not going to Kansas City to watch the draft in Kansas City. So, but um, you well, know, you're gonna, gonna like watch it together somewhere. Yeah, I, like I want to go to like we're gonna go back to Vegas and watch it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, got watch it. it in Vegas at a sport, you know, at the sports yeah. book, like, and also be in Vegas and hang out, but then repeat our draft fun time but we just won't be able to go to the draft because it's not it should always be in vegas it feels like something that's like very vegasy right uh, it feels like the kind of thing that like it's like oh this is always in madison square garden it's like okay that's fine or like it's always yes. in vegas like it feels like the kind of thing where like i don't know that people would want it like i'm sure it makes a, a team a little bit of money but like also i don't know who knows but yes it's, I agree. it's city shits like they did one in tennessee do you oh, do you remember the video <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember this or saw this but there was Nashville's really big for bachelor parties, right? Sure, yes, okay, of course. So they held the draft, like, before COVID. One of these years before COVID, they held the draft in Nashville. And obviously a bunch of women go there every single weekend for their Mm -hmm. bachelor party. So there was a news story about these women being mad that it's, like, super crowded and full of football fans. And them just bitching that, like, they didn't realize that they're in Nashville during the draft and they're like, I can't believe I have to deal with football during my bachelorette party. And it's like, well, whose fault is this? Well, it's like, yeah, maybe you don't have your bachelorette party in, like, the most popular place to have a bachelorette party, right? Like, like, and even if you do, you didn't, like, notice that your hotel rooms were, like, four times more expensive than they right. normally are. Well, that's, for- like, that's like the tweet you sent me about your, I don't know, like a Pittsburgh reporter or whatever, just like, why is my flight to Vegas so expensive? It's like, oh, because it's CES and the ADNs. It, yes. And it's also New Year's, and what, right? So, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. It just like everything like and when we bought when we were going to Vegas and happened to stumble on the draft last year, we kept trying to figure it out, too, because it was the same thing. Our prices were like so crazy for rooms like that one weekend because we weren't like planning to go to the draft. But that's how it happened. OK, so that's that's my like fun time. First part, Um, I went to hang out with some friends. We played a new game this weekend. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. You probably have a new board it, game, a uh, new video kind- game board ish game um okay. it's called incoherent have you ever heard of this i don't think so it just has like these cards that there's like there's like rowdy and vulgar ones whatever whatever but they're cards with words and you have to say the words out loud and then figure out what the phrase is that you're trying to say oh so like i can't hike Aunt Eve Hen is I can't even. Okay, so like there's basically like drunk slurs kind of on the one side and then the answer on the other side. Not slur, like not slurs like bad things, but just like yes. you're slurring slurred, your words. Slurred speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you say it and it's really fun. It's hard because in your own head, you like you're seeing the correct words, you're hearing the words that you're reading, but everybody else usually can hear what you're trying to say very quickly. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're like mm-hmm. saying it. You're like, oh, you're so fucking close, dude. It's like right there. And you're like, oh, man, like, well, right. I don't understand it. But yes, that's what's happening. 
So, um, highly recommended. It was a really fun party game. It ha- it has like you know some juice to it in the sense that like. Well, there's a whole. I'm looking at the box now on on Amazon. There's a kinky subsection. That's what I mean. So yeah. So there's like you know, butt plug, whatever, whatever, whatever. But like you know, like sure. they yeah, yep. it's fun. And I think that they. I just saw that they make like a a safer version for families. But either way, this game was fun. Recommended. It makes uh, a good party game. Cool. TV, like, besides, like, because just because I was watching so much fucking, it's like, this, we're getting to the end of the sports, like, the great, well, you great know, time of you sports. Well, you know, you know. I do, go ahead and say it. Baseball starting, baby. <laughs> Pitchers and catchers. I will it's... say that ESPN's Fantasy Baseball app went down today. They're in maintenance. This is our, like, two weeks where it's just like, okay, we can't do anything. Like, you can't even check your teams anymore. Ah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's about to start. It's about to pop off. So, very excited. And you guys play, like, legacy shits, too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you're like, so you could, you actively could choose to look at it right now, like, like right, most yeah, people we, like we don't open the app. Or whatever. Yes, exactly. It's just like, oh no, like there's you know there's a there's a downside. Like we actually can't have access to the thing. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. That means like it's coming back. They're doing their updates, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like yeah. you're getting yeah, yeah. there, guys. Okay, we were playing a lot of Mario Party drunk at night against each other. That's fun. Mm-hmm. We're finishing up Wednesday, so, like, I haven't finished that yet. But in between... Oh, Wednesday the TV series. Wednesday the TV series, yeah. yeah. Um, but in between, I found a new cool sports documentary on Netflix that I really like. Is this what you told me about, or is this not what you told me about? No, this is something different. just came out. Okay. So, from the makers of Drive to Survive, which I highly recommend. Everybody should watch it. Like, even if you, like, F1's blowing up one... Remember, Brian came on and pitched it here. I watched it afterwards. Uh, Rachel got into it because it's way more about, like, the drama and intricacies of the F... Like, way more so than the cars and the racing and the technical things about Mm -hmm. cars. It's more about, like, the drama of the drivers and the managers and things like that. So, they those guys, like, from the makers of that, just released a new series called Breakpoint, and it's about tennis. Okay. And much like uh, Drive to Survive, much like all of the Netflix sports docs, it's about, like, individual tennis players and, like, you know, their, them and their coaches and where they're from and how they grew up and, like, what... It, it, them being crazy and neurotic and, like their partners and you know all of these things and um i find tennis players super fascinating this game is like as close to chess as you can get all the like one-on-one individual sports i find very very fascinating because it's a lot about like and they like talk about it too it's a lot about like mental toughness sure yeah, yeah right like all of these people are very very highly skilled but like the difference between like you know one through five is that like who's not gonna break right like this is like the per so uh it was really cool there was a lot of rafael nadal in it which i find very interesting um but also like a lot of like new young tennis players and like their ideas maria sharapova's in it just like talking back on her career talking about the new tennis players and uh it's just beautiful like all the other netflix sports documentaries like you know it's all kind of shot that same kind of feel and way you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah for sure Absolutely. It's like, you know, like 4K cameras and like shots mm-hmm. of their faces and stuff. So um, 
If you're interested in that, I say give it a check out because it was really interesting and it's something that you can kind of pay attention to, kind of not pay attention to. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be fully dedicated. And each episode kind of, like, follows a different new tennis player. So, um, yeah, it's fun and interesting. Give it a shot if you want. Um, Other than that... Oh, and then one fun food thing. I don't don't think I talked about this. Once a week for, like, the past six to eight weeks, I've been eating shabu-shabu on the weekends. Because we bought a shabu shabu pot, and we've been making it at home, and it is so fucking good. We found this like Asian grocery store that sells the like thin sliced brisket, the shabu shabu soup seasonings. Do you know what this is? I'm looking it up now. I, I know that you have. I think I've heard about it probably from you before. Okay. The term is onomatopoeic, derived from the sound, swish, swish, emitted yes. when the ingredients are stirred in the cooking pot. Yeah, so you, you like, you know, it's hot pot. You you boil sure. a soup okay. base, yep. you, like, put the meat in it with your tongs for a couple seconds, and then you eat it. Okay. Uh, it's fucking fantastic. So I've been eating a ton of this. I love it. Uh, and being able to make it at my house is fucking dangerous. So Cool. Yeah. But that, that was, like, my big food excitement. I haven't gotten sick of it yet, so I've pretty much been forcing Rachel to eat it, like, every single weekend for weeks. But so you just have – you buy, like, a bunch of vegetables, make a soup, and then you just, like, buy meat that you slice really thin and just cook it in there for a couple seconds or whatever, a couple minutes. Yeah, and there's, like, soup bases, so there's, like, you know, like, you can do whatever you want pretty much. But it's gotcha. it's usually, like, a mushroom soup or, like, a thin, like, clear broth soup or, like, a spicy soup or, like, a tomato-based soup. And um, I have this pot that has, like, a, a delineator down the middle that you put on your, like, camping stove. Okay. And then you make two flavors, just eat it like that. It's really, really good. Highly cool. recommended. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. How about you, brother? Well, after – so since the last episode when I was stuck in Texas, I flew back, was home for a couple of days, went to Vegas a week for a week for work for CES, which was fine. It was kind of uneventful. It was, it was less busy, less worky than normal just because, like, it was a weird – like, a lot of clients were like, we don't know if we need to go out there or not. So they're either sending, like, small groups of people who weren't doing what we do out there or, like uh, – People don't have money, and so they weren't going at all. So it was like this kind of interesting sort of like more laid back week, but that was fine. No, I saw like a lot of like, you know, pictures and videos from CES, and like it looked like there was like a time. What was the coolest new thing you saw oh, at CES? Because I, I, saw, I saw like a car that changed colors. Yeah, the, the D, the DEE. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I didn't see that in person. The LG had this really cool, like, wall. Like, they always have, like, video walls where they have this, like, curved video wall that was just, like, was really, really cool to look at. The 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 coolest, because the weird thing, this, I'm sure you probably saw headlines about this. This was one of the bigger things that, like, Withings, like, the smart scale company created this device that, like, you pee on and, like, it tracks your pee. Like, it tracks, like, health. Like, it's a Did health preventative thing. Did they make watches, thing. too? I feel like my boss had a watch from them that was, like, a half a smart, half analog They might have done, like, uh... It, like recorded your like heartbeat or something like it like it would tell you your pace but like also looked like a nice analog watch yeah maybe i don't know they did like a lot of like smart smart device gimmicky kind of stuff and so that would track i don't know that was kind of interesting like it was there was a lot of cool stuff but it wasn't stuff that like it was i don't think it was as cool as 
it's been in past years in terms of like, oh my God, I can't believe that I saw that or whatever. But, you know, it's just a bunch of stuff that like will either be out this year or in two years or never come out, right? So it's this whole combination of just like whatever. Uh, Then last week, the only other thing I've done that could talk about stuff I've watched, including a thing that we have not talked about, you and me, is that Montez and her cousin Mike Gallier uh, were in New York. Uh, She was coming up for work and I think he just came up because he just took some time off and they had never been to New York. So they did some touristy stuff. But we went to... Is she going to tell us or you want to tell she us a little did, bit about it? She did like the the tree and she got pizza and she did went to like F.A.O. Schwartz and they went to like 30 Rock, I think. Oh, because like F- F.A.O. Schwartz is back open again, even though it closed. Now it's back open again. That's right. Right. So like they just, okay. you know, kind of just have like a, you know, a, a couple days out on the town. Cool. Um, and so we went to this place called Rudy's, which is really, I'm really cheap beer. Yep. And they have free hot dogs, which is a surprise to me. But, you know, we, we had hot dogs and beer there. For reference... The a shot and a beer at this place in Midtown Manhattan uh-huh. is five dollars. Yeah, we got a pitcher of beer for twelve bucks, including that tax is and including free hot dogs. Bananas. Yeah, in this part of the world, like in this part of the country, that is so unfathomably cheap to me. A double liquor drink at like Madison Square Garden can be like forty bucks. T- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like a single shot liquor drink is like seventeen fifty. Like, uh-huh. you know, Manhattan can get fucking incredibly yeah. expensive. When I was trying to park, and like, oh, it you feels drove, like a God. magic trick. Okay. It feels like a magic trick, and I've done this twice in a row now, that if you get to New York at 6, a lot of things that weren't parking spaces become parking spaces. Okay. So you can cool. just kind of like sit in your car for a couple minutes and then all of a sudden six o'clock and you're like in a legal spot you can just get out and walk so i've done the last two times like coincidentally but like the parking decks i was just like hey like i don't want to hold them up they got to the bar really early because she got out of her her meeting early and blah 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 i'm like i don't want to drive around for half an hour like let me just see what it would cost to park and the decks around that area which is kind of a touristy like it's by grand central it's not you know it's not like a cool like sort of hidden part or whatever but to park for three hours would have cost me fifty dollars. Yeah, and so when and that's you're talking normal. about yeah, it's just totally like normal it, it price. Sucks, but it's like I'm glad I found a spot on the street because like I didn't want to pay fifty dollars for parking. But yeah, to have a twelve dollar pitcher of beer is even more remarkable. Yeah. So okay, sorry to derail you, but no, I'm, just, no, no, I'm fine. so fascinated by this place and free hot dog. Like, what the fuck is their overhead? I can't imagine. Like, this building has to be in shambles. Like, it's probably condemned. I can't imagine a place like that being profitable unless it's like you you are just have a thousand people deep at the bar at all times. You they know? were really really crowded. We were you know we got there. It was this was a Wednesday, so it's not like a huge drinking night out, but it's Manhattan. They were they were, they were packed. people. Yeah, yeah, there's people everywhere drinking, not drinking. You're always gonna have somebody in any kind of mood. So and what I said to you and what I said to them was that, you know, imagine how much money other bars make that act that charge actual prices as opposed to like if this bar can survive on twelve dollar pitchers of beer. Yes. And like places that are selling a beer for twelve dollars, like a single beer, yes. is like, you know, killing it and whatever, right? So Yes. Mind boggling. Um then we went to a place around the corner, but like I I I had met Montez in person at a wedding like when I met her, I met her at a wedding, yeah. at my friend's wedding, and I'd never met Mike, so it was cool to you know hang out with them for the night. They were both cool. They're both going to come back. At least Mondes will come back every few months. I'm not sure if he will be back or not, but you know I might go down to uh, D.C. for a, a Nationals game and hang out with him. So oh, that'd know, be cool. Yeah, yeah, very very cool. Yeah. One of the stadiums that I have not been to yet, so oh, that nice. would be fun. 
Um, but yeah, so I've, I've seen a bunch of things in the last few weeks, but I think the most important thing to talk about is The White Lotus, which I finally watched, which you were all excited about when you were watching and you wanted me to watch, and then I finally watched, and now I watched, and so we can talk about it. So okay. do you have any spoilery, because this is sort of spoilers for The White Lotus, so if you don't want to hear it, I'll put like a little timestamp maybe, or just skip ahead or whatever, um, but do you have any spoiler thoughts or overall thoughts that you've not shared already about season two? I really, really liked season two. I liked it being set in Italy, so you got the quirkiness of Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the cast was just super awesome. So, like, yeah, I like that Christopher from Sopranos is in it. Mm-hmm. I like Aubrey Plaza a ton. Like, mm-hmm. she's my perfect kind of weird. The wife, like, the blonde wife lady, love her too. Jennifer Coolidge, like, down the line. I thought that. I, I really liked it. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, I think consensus-wise... Go ahead. You yeah, no, I, so I think I think the publicly the consensus-wise is that season two is better than season one, but everybody yes. loves season one. Like, when season one was on, people were just like, this is the greatest show, and I'm just like, I don't like this. Um, and really watching season two, like, trying to think back, trying to compare the two... I can't name a single thing I liked about season one other than, like, the actresses on it were pretty. Like, I can't name a single thing about the story or anything that I enjoyed. Like, I liked it even less thinking about it in retrospect. But I really like season two a lot. Um, I would say that I think people who are on the fence should watch it. And actually, today, as we record this, Uncle Francis put out an episode. I don't know if they're going to do the whole season or not, but they did at least the one episode where they do they go on the Sopranos tour. Um, Michael Imperioli and his father and his son went on that tour in season two of like the Sopranos location. Not, not Godfather, not Sopranos. The Godfather yes, locations. Yes, 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 yes. So they did an episode about that. So if you want to hear them talk about the show for a little bit, um, go check that out on Uncle Francis. It was good because I think a lot. What was compelling to me about season two was that it focused, it like it left the hotel, which was good, yes. and it also focused on characters who did not want to be there. Like the one you said that I I really liked. I think her name was oh I don't remember her name, um, but Haley Haley Lou Richardson, the character Jennifer Coolidge's assistant, who was just there because Jennifer Coolidge wanted her assistant with her, and then her husband's like I don't why'd you bring your assistant? I don't want her here. Send her home. And then so like she was like stuck in this weird limbo. And like, I just love her as an actress, but I think it was interesting to have her be basically in paradise, but she can't do anything and she doesn't want to be there. And, like, She's this whole, trapped. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that that was a really interesting thing too. It's like, like, okay, I'm going to get to go on vacation and, like, go out. And the husband's like, go away. So she's like, okay, like, don't be here. And then, like, she's like, okay, so she's not there. And then, like, all of a sudden she's like, I need you here. And you're like, right. you're like well, what, what, do you just want me to, like, just stay in a hotel room in in Italy for, like, two weeks while you're, exactly. like, on vacation? Yes. Yeah. The irony is always great. I, I think it's really funny. Portia was her character name. I liked her a lot. Portia. I liked the the sex workers. I think they were both, they had fun storylines. They were both beautiful. I liked the singer. I thought she was great. Like, I, th- I thought that stuff was compelling. A lot of the dudes, again, are just kind of like, whatever. Like, I think season two in terms of, like, delivering the themes. Like, season one, the whole theme of season one is just like, rich white people are bad, aren't they? It's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand that this is bad. Like, I agree. Uh, we don't need, like, eight hours of this or whatever, right? You know, or six hours or whatever. I'm just like, this is too much. But season two, I thought the themes were a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more, like, layered in. But it's also, like, just, like, a lot of it seems like, hey, dudes are pretty bad, right? Just like, yeah, because they're kind of boring, shitty characters. Um, I thought Aubrey Plaza's husband, like, the actor and the character kind of just sucked overall. Um, No offense to that guy. Yeah. But I think my biggest sort of disappointment was that, like, I did not like the finale at all. Like, after liking so much the season, I thought the finale was a combination of stuff that, like, 
felt inevitable, which I think is also like it could just be it's kind of good writing. Like at a certain point, like you know the things are going to pay off in a certain way, and like it builds the thing. I'm just like, but this is like it. We almost didn't need it because it's like you set everything up so well in certain ways that I don't need to see it play out because I know how it's going to play out. So I thought that was kind of like so it might be good writing, but I was kind of disappointed. And then stuff that just felt insane, like the whole like her getting the gun on the boat and just wildly shooting. I'm just like, this seems so over the top in a way that doesn't that, match anything that, at all. That like final Jennifer Coolidge on the boat scene where she's pretending like she's not running to try to call for help. Yeah. Is so amazingly comedic gold that like, if you just watch that, that part of it, because she, like, runs, and you see her running through the glass windows, and then she gets, like, to them, and she's like, oh, hey, and she's, like, out of breath, and, like, walks slowly through the door and then runs again. It's it's so awesome. I that love maybe... her. I just think that she's, like, I don't think she's wasted on this, but I feel like people are just like, oh, my God, she's the best. It's just like, yeah, but I'd rather watch a Christopher Guest movie where she's actually, like, able to be funny in a way that, like, I don't I know. I think it's she just, is it... funny here. I know. People do. I don't. Like, I like her as an actor and a performer. I just don't like what she's... T- I don't know. I, I I did not like that. And, like, the whole, like... Because season one... So, apparently, Mike White has come out. The guy who created the show has come out and said, like, season one was not supposed to be about the death. It was supposed to be about the people and the stories and whatever. And, but, but, like, people died. And, like, that was, like, what people took. It became, like, a murder mystery kind of, right? Yes. And yeah. so this season starts with, like, oh, my God, there's a body in the water. And there's more than one body. It's like, oh, who's going to die? Again, spoilers. Jennifer Coolidge dies, and then all the all of the gay men who are like sort of you know trying to steal all their money, like she kills she kills all them. So like almost nobody dies that we know, right? Like all the core cast survives. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean Jennifer Coolidge. Is uh, I mean, other than like, her, yes. Top like, tier. Like, yeah. The, the two main couples that you're like, oh my god, like he's choking him in the water, like they're fighting, they're going at it or whatever. There's like this tensions is... and whatever. It's just like that's all like a like a, a ruse, which is like that's my favorite fine. part of this is that like you you know someone's about to die. But at any point, like, especially when we're getting to the end of season two, any one of those people is believable to kill, like, one of the other people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're setting it up, like, there's some that are, are that are too obvious to where you're like, oh, it's not going to be that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the tussle between the two bros and, like, them thinking that they're cheating with, each, like, their other, the, the wife, right? You know right. what I mean? Like, that situation, like, like, like this could possibly boil over into a murder. It could have been like the young kid protecting the sex worker girl or the one girl killing somebody, like any of these things. And like, that's what I like that you start to like get to a bottleneck where you're like, okay, any of these people could kill anybody else, but like, who's it going to actually be? I just think that like for a show that like, especially in my opinion, like took such a step up in terms of like the story was telling the characters it wrote and whatever, like to just spend so much time and being like, who's going to die? Who's going to die? Oh, a bunch of characters you don't know. Just like, I don't care, man. Like that doesn't, that doesn't interest me. Yeah. I liked the season overall. Like I was, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Cool. Um, Good. That's awesome. And I liked a lot of the characters in it. Uh, I just sort of didn't like. You know, maybe like a quarter of it I didn't really like, and I didn't like the finale. But I like I liked most of it in a way that, like, again, like I said, thinking back to season one, I liked so little of it. Like I didn't like it while I was on. Like I didn't hate it. But I was just like, this is whatever. And then like thinking back, I'm like, what did I like about that? And I can't remember a single thing. So I don't know. But so okay. Then last thing about this though mm-hmm. is we thought that Jennifer Coolidge was like the through line. Um, I saw some other people say, what if it's her husband? 
that's like the through line and like season three starts out with him going to a white lotus to like spread her ashes yeah sure whatever that's fine that works yeah i'm like even though he was trying to like steal her money which i guess he kind of did right so because she died so yeah could be because they have announced that season three is coming at some point so you know wherever mike wants to go on vacation next and i guess bring the husband and yeah cool i guess right john grise has greg her husband greg her widow greg widower greg so yeah Yeah. i i like it i i will keep watching i'm glad that you enjoyed this season more because i thought that season two was actually like very 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 good so um, other things that I've watched recently that I really like, the movie After Sun, I feel is getting a lot of, I don't know if it's going to get, it's probably going to get some Oscar buzz, but it's a really, really wonderfully well-made, also depressing movie. I don't know if it's going to be nominated for Best Picture or anything, but this is one that I know Mark Hoffmeyer was like championing. Like, it's not like uh, really under the radar one, but it's one of the better movies of the year for sure last year. Triangle of Sadness is... Really That's, funny. Did you that, see? No, Triangle of Sadness sounds like something that I would call a movie that was about something else. Yeah, it's, it's doesn't about it, the, isn't it it's like about a the Joe forehead. Title? Yeah, it's about the forehead, like in models, where like the like above the nose, between the eyes, like that. Like she's like, you need to soften your triangle of sadness. Like that's said in the first like five minutes of the movie, and then never brought up again. But it does seem like yeah, Triangle of Sadness would be a way you would describe a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, there is this movie that, like, they're playing a triangle in it, and the movie's depressing. And I'm just like, oh, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was by the guy who did The Square, which was this movie that came out. Like, he's this European guy. This is mostly in English, but it's Ruben Ostland. He did The Square. He did Force Majeure, two really, really good movies. So he's, like, he's three for three, in my opinion. I think. He likes oh, he's geometry, Swedish. man. The Square, The Triangle of Sadness. I thought, I've thought that... I'm right there on the same page as you. Um, I saw Black Adam, which I did not like. Um, I saw really? Blonde, which I did not like. Uh, yeah, Black Adam is just like it's not bad. Like it's was it you who said that like Black Ad- like he doesn't show up till like 45 minutes in the movie, or was it like our no, Kate I didn't Hudson? say that. That might be. I mean, like because it's an origin story for him, and he's like you know this thousands of years old character who gets like you know entombed or whatever, and he has to get like uncovered or whatever. And he's like oh. a god, like he's Superman. So like I it's didn't the know same that. kind. Okay. It's just. It's very sort of, you know, been there, seen that sort of DC kind of superhero thing. So, again, not the worst. Like, people are saying, like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen because people like to be hyperbolic on the We talk about this internet. all the time. Yeah. But it's just like, no, like, it's it's good. It's like there's nothing about it that's, like, compelling or interesting. And, like, I'm I'm bummed that he left. I mean, I know that he left because he hates Vin Diesel. But, like, I'm, I'm bummed that to a certain extent he left the Fastiverse to go do, like, movies like this. We're just like, I, like, I just, come on, man. Like, get back in there. Also, I don't think that we talked about it because I think like last time that we did a Life in the Fast Lane, I said like, "Oh, you reminded me, I want to go see Avatar," but I did go see Avatar. I know you talked about that, and you, I know that you did not love it. You liked it, but you did not love it. No, no, no. I I really liked it. The thing oh. was, I really, really liked it. The thing was, and a mini spoiler for Avatar, but I'm gonna kind of dance around it. Up to about seventy five percent through the movie, I was like. I'm not a big Avatar original fan, and this movie is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, like, this is exactly what I wanted. It's beautiful. I get that the storyline's dumb. It doesn't matter. It's just a vehicle to show you more cool shit in this universe. I'm fine with that. And then, there's a point at about 75 to 80% through the movie where James Cameron turns in his homework twice and you're like 
why the fuck did you do Titanic in this movie? I know, but like he did it because he does it well, and he also does action here. And like the last quarter of this movie is better than like most movies of the last decade. But it's so Titanic. It just like took me so out. Like Like, there are fight scenes here at the end. Like I, I I get it. I I don't like I don't I don't see that criticism like at all. Like I think this is one of the he's like our best action director. I think the action here at the end is so unbelievably good. And I think that like I was I was like, yeah, okay, so there's like another like sort of like sinking ship. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. But like he's doing a different thing. Like it's just like outside of a sinking ship, it's like it's it's a different But it's the thing. same shots, the water, the underneath thing, the breach, the get well, out. That's, the, that's that's what a sinking ship is, man. Like it's holding all those your breath. I know, but I was like, dude, come on. Like we could have done anything else. Like and also because it is fucking James Cameron and he like had this Titanic boner for so long and like did the movie did the like go under from dig up Titanic like all this shit and I was just like come on man like boats boats again like ugh. at the end of the I mean the movie's called The Way of Water right like you, I get you, that yes 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 but you got the giant goofy whales and I was like those are sick as fuck like yeah. I can watch a ton of that like that's awesome like you at know, the you, end of the day though he is going to have when this is all said and done three of the four highest grossing films of all time and then when Avatar 3 comes out next year he'll have four of the five like he does things in a way that like people just love and I don't mind him you know repeating underwater themes like if that's what he's into no one makes movies that look like this other than him so like if he wants to make another boat thing that's fine with me because I feel like what he's doing is interesting and like visually interesting and narratively interesting in a way that the first one like the first movie I rewatched it the night before I saw the second one and yeah. like I, I still think it looks beautiful but it's also like you know it's the jokes are not you know wrong like it is like a you know a Pocahontas kind of thing it's kind of yeah, a yeah, Ferengali yeah. kind of thing like it's it's not he's not telling an original story there no. here he's there's much more of a story like it's not like a wholly original story like it's kind of like a generic sort of thing but like it's it's working in a way that's interesting I don't even I don't mind that he recycles set pieces yeah I, like to me like it's I think that the plot was really dumb, but it doesn't bother. Like, that's fine. I don't care about that because, like, you gave me 50 fucking new animals and plants and, like, and, like, it's gorgeous. And, like, if we had to, like, have the same child get kidnapped four times in a row, like, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's okay because you're just, you're just getting me through the story. The only problem I had with was the ship, but okay. Also, I made a joke that, you know, once we, you know, we conquered the forest people, we conquered the water people, now we just have to go fight the fire people, and James Cameron comes out, like, a week later, and is like... Oh, well, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, you you might not have known, but, like, they had announced before you made that joke that, like, oh, fire really? was the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I had no idea. I just was like, okay, like, this is how we're going. We're just going to play a video game, and, like, you did the first two levels, like, the, what's the next one? Fire well, I, mean, I think I think the, 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 the funny thing is that there's the other Avatar, which is all about the elements, and he's just working through those. Right, so oh, like, oh, Avatar, like the last Airbender, that mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Yeah, neither have I. But like, I know that that's a thing. Like, Airbender, or there's Earthbenders and Firebenders and Waterbenders and whatever, right? And so, like, to have a thing named the same thing about the elements and progressing your way through the elements is just like a weird kind of coincidence too. But man, I can't wait to see what he does with fire. That's gonna be exciting. I think, so. yeah, I think so too. I- I'm excited, and I also think that they're just like uh, plotting 
down the line that they're going to have like a super Navi baby and it's going to be a combination of fire child, water child, forest child, whatever other ele- rock child, right? Isn't Maybe. rock usually sure. like the... It's earth, water, air, and fire, the four. Yeah, so yeah, so like the rock people will be the next sure. step and we, yeah. after that and then they'll just have like, you know, a super Navi that glows or something and it'll have all the powers of all the ones. I that... think the thing to keep in mind with this movie and it's not about that but just like the thing that like if you're if you're an Avatar hater out there and I know people like like when we had, you know, not to put them on blast but I know that when Nico and Kev were on here they were not exactly singing James Cameron's praises and it's like no. high off that movie or whatever yeah. but like if you think about this movie, like you think about the kids, Spider- I was just because when you were talking about like a Navi baby or whatever, like you think about Spider, right? The human kid in this movie. Like seeing him go into and come out of water, like an actual human, next to a fully CGI rendered thing, and they look the same. Like you're like they look so realistic and so similar that like yeah. your brain can't tell the thing that can't tell that the difference. It's like, how is this possible? Like, how can computers be this good that like something that's fully real, like the kid, Spider, and something that's fully fake, like anybody else in the movie, like they look the same. Like it's crazy to me how good all of it looks and like the fact that like there's a, an actual story here yeah and, we're hitting you know, the limit action. you're right we're we're like we're not at jurassic park anymore right you don't see it and you're like oh something looks a little off about this dinosaur like it looks good but like you know when it comes out but it, it, at this point you're just like that's just a fucking weird blue thing like, like there's it, a reason like, he waited good. like a decade for the computers right like it's just like yeah. he, like they like the wait was worth it right so yeah okay Sorry, that I was think my right last. now, no, hold on, see here, all time box office as we record this, it's still number seven, one point nine billion. We were talking about like, oh, it needs to make two billion to break even. Well, it's about to break even, right? So like, and it's still going to keep going. So, yeah, I think so too. It'll keep running amazing. For a while. I'm going to work my way back, so I'm saving the, my favorite thing for last, but, like, going recent, working my way back, I watched this movie, Skin of Marink. Have you seen, like, the internet losing its mind over this movie, Skin of Marink? No, no. So our, our friend, fan favorite Garrett Smith, had a tweet about how, how boring he found Avatar and how compelling and, uh, you know, interesting and innovative he found Skinamarink. And boy, I could not disagree more. Um, Skinamarink is this movie that was shot for $15,000. Um, so basically no money, just like yes. in, this, in this guy's parents' house, like the house he grew up in. And it's in theaters, which is amazing. Like, it's, you know, it's an hour yeah, it's 40, crazy. which is too long. It's way too long. But it's, like, it's basically just kind of, like, exploring kids' nightmares. Um, like, just, like, the the story, as much as there's a story, is that a kid wakes up in the middle of the night and his parents aren't home and all the doors and windows in his house disappeared. And it's just, like, an hour 40 of, like, this kid trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. But the entire movie is basically shot of, like, corners of ceilings and stuff. Like, I think you would make it maybe three minutes into this movie before you turned it off. Okay. Um, like, it's, <laughs> even to me, who is, like, all for avant-garde, you know, weird experimental things, and, like, I appreciate this exists, I was bored out of my goddamn mind. And, like, I like that it exists. I love that it's in theaters. If you like this kind of thing, I am all for it. I could not find anything in this to enjoy and people are just like, this is like the best thing. I'm just like, it's not. It's fine. It's this, not. this is really funny. You're never on this side of this fence. It's, it's, just, it's interesting it's, to hear. It was so it was so boring to me. Um, and like, if there's a real wide split in in terms of like all letterbox and also the people that I follow. Like a lot of people like kind of in the middle. People I know follow all the way from like a half star all the way up to five stars. Like it's just it's very very divisive. Like there's no story. There's no real actors. It sounds cool. I think the trailer, from what I've gathered, I've watched the trailer, I just saw the movie, is 
really interesting and like scary and whatever. But I'm just like, you, you kind of don't need to see it. But like, I do genuinely love that it exists. Like, I love that it's out there. It's just not for me. But, you know. It happens. It's whatever. okay. Welcome. I got a seat on my couch here, right? Waiting for you. Yeah. On, you, on you, the, did, you, didn't, on the... you didn't understand, an, or well, you understood, but didn't enjoy an artsy movie that everybody yeah. else seems to love. Mm-hmm. Feels right at home, bud. On the other end of that spectrum, not artsy movie, uh, Megan M. Thregan loved it. Um, absolutely wonderful. Uh, great horror movie. Great antagonist. Megan is wonderful. I've heard good things about it. It's really good. Beyond like, from you. They're, like, they're marketing it kind of as like the meme movie where she's just like dancing around doing that whole dance and whatever. But like it, it's like it's actually actually a good movie. Like it's it's by the woman, the woman who wrote this also wrote Malignant. Okay. Okay. And so she has made two hits for Blumhouse, and Jason Blum is like, whatever you want to do now. Like the, it, Malignant yes. is right? Yes. Okay. Um, that's a spoiler for Malignant, but yes. Okay. I'll cut that out. Um, yeah, if you've not seen Malignant yet, or Megan, go see those because they're both <laughs> You should great. just beep it because everybody's going to know what I, what I mean. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I will I will use beep technology. Uh, but yeah, I so didn't say anything weird. Movies. I just I just described you, the you movie. Spoil, you spoil the movie in a single sentence, right? Which is like... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like there's a huge reveal and like the whole like, <laughs> not the point of malignant, but the the point of malignant is that there's a thing that happens and Joe's like oh it's that thing right it's like yeah. and, and it always reminds me of Tom Green that's who it reminds me of. I might believe that too who knows um, yeah I think yeah, you could leave that one in because that's like just a wild association <laughs> like but yeah M Thregan is great I really highly cool. recommend this I think it's gonna be in theaters for a while like it's it's keeping up to a certain extent with Avatar like it has not passed Avatar wow. I think it's gonna pass Avatar but like Avatar made like 45 million this made 30 like it's like it's Ooh, pretty okay. good and yeah, it's that's a PG-13 horror it's, it's good so I'm excited about that but building up to my favorite thing that I've seen honestly maybe in the last five years and what? I know uh, I, not a recommendation for you okay Damien Chazelle's Babylon man who boy uh, it's three hours and like Eight minutes long. Right up my alley. Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. It's... Robbie or Robbie? I think it's Robbie. It's Margot Robbie, but I think she pronounces it Robbie, I think. Okay. I was asking for clarity because you yes, usually are dead yes. on. That's what... No. Be, like, and, you, and if anybody would know that, like, this is the pronunciation of this person's name now, we've confirmed it with whatever. That's why I was checking with you. Yes. I think I think it's Roby. I think I've heard that in the last, like, that's something that's come around in, like, the last year or so. Okay. But, yes, Margot Robbie. I loved every single second of this movie. It's insane. Um, it's really over the top. It's both, like, a love letter to Hollywood, as all of his movies are, and also, like, a condemnation of Hollywood. It takes really big swings. I don't know that there's a single person I would recommend this to. I okay. I had heard before I saw this it had like a 50 on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like mixed on Metacritic. And I'm like, I think people hate this movie. I think I'm going to love this movie. And I loved it. And then I went on Letterboxd and like everybody that I follow basically also loves it. Um, okay, you know, cool. Since then, other people have come out and, you know, not loved it. But like overwhelmingly, like the Letterboxd nerds, like people who are just like into like film and spectacle and Damien Chazelle and La La Land and all that, like love this movie but man i love babylon so much like, i was thinking about it like it's i think it's genuinely my favorite movie the last like five years like wow. i don't know if it's good i think it's it's pretty good but it's just like it's insane in a way that like i just love and like just hits for you man sometimes just, that happens i loved it so uh cool. yeah i i was watching so i saw black adam then i saw babylon i'm like okay so like one of the like one of my least favorite movies this year, and then one of my favorite movies in the last five years or ever. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. 
unbelievable. So yeah, Babylon, if you want to check it out, I'm sure it'll be on VOD in some form. I don't think it's going to get any, any Oscar nominations because I don't think it's that kind of movie. I think it's like probably objectively not good, but boy, loved it. So shout out to Damien Chazelle. Three for th- four for four in my book. Whiplash and La La Land. And Whiplash first, is fucking fire. And I, First I Gauze. Did you, did you like First Man, First Gauze? I don't remember. The, the astronaut movie? I don't remember a fucking thing about it. When he, when Gosling plays Neil Armstrong, he walks on the moon. Remember Whitey's on the moon? I do not remember a goddamn really? thing about this movie. Okay. Uh, yes, you saying that, I, I questioned if I had seen that movie before. Well, we did it for the Gosling podcast. We did I, a whole, you've seen I, it, we talked about it for an hour. I believe so. But I'm saying, like, when you said it, like, I was like, that sounds familiar, but, like, I don't know what that movie's about. Like, even to that, like, I didn't, I couldn't even have told you, like, if you, like, asked me about the thing, like, I could have maybe guessed it was about astronauts, but I wouldn't have been sure. I realize we skipped mailbag. I don't think I have any more extracurricular activities, but I, we have mailbag. Is there anything else you want to say in extracurriculars before we get to mailbag? Um, no, I'm, I'm in a pretty good, the weather hasn't gotten complete shit yet, so, like, I'm, I'm just, like, I'm in a... Oh, I'm also in, like, a very soup mood. That continues on the Shabu Shabu thing, but, like, the weather is starting to get cold, so, like, I've just been asking Rachel very nicely to make as much soup as possible, so I've been eating a ton of different soups, and that just feels like the wave right You're now. You're eating warm foods. Yeah, it feels like soup time, right? Like, that's just... Yeah. So we have an email address, family at cageclub.me. We, we have a pretty solid email bag here for the first time in a while. So thank you all for writing in. Thank you. If you want to email you. in, we'll read it on the next one of these in three weeks. Number seven. I'll see if I remember that. Number seven in three weeks. Ooh. The Mickey Mantle of it. But family at cageclub.me. Okay. Okay. First two emails from Wes. Subject line, year end wrap up. What up, fam? What up, fam? What up, Wes? says, it's been a while since I wrote in, so I figured I'd send a little year-end wrap-up for your next life in the Fastlane. I wrote some of these a while ago, so let's see if any of us remember what I was talking about. Well, Wes, I will say right off the bat, just send in a note. If you have one note, send that in when the episode happens, because <laughs> if you're not going to remember, we're definitely not going to remember. I, I specifically have no chance of remembering, but okay. Montez's interpretation of the Dom, Letty, Elena situation in six is how I've always seen it and that episode is the first time i've heard someone interpret it the same way i did dom and elena primarily bonded over their losses and now against all odds dom's wife is back elena can't be mad because she knows if it had been her husband who came back from the dead she'd want to be with him yep she's the only person in the group who can put herself in dom's shoes i never thought dom was asking her to stay in the sense of trying to create some sort of hammer poly situation I think at that moment, he didn't know what to say because he got his wife back, but he's also committed to Elena since he thought Letty was gone. It's a no-win situation because Elena is alone again, and he feels guilty about that. He's not offering her a place in their relationship, but an invitation to stay in the family so she's not totally alone. Makes sense. It's not the same thing as having a partner, but they've built a bond he wants to let her know he's there for her. It's pretty sad, and there's no clean answer, because in reality, Elena's staying would be more painful than a clean break. I think they did a pretty good job of having her walk away. It's sad, but it makes sense for her to step back. It would have made her seem selfish and unlikable to get angry and ask Dom to stay with her, and it would have made her seem shallow and weaker for her to be fine staying with the group as a friend. I probably thought about this too much over the years, but I think it's unfair to act like it's convenient writing for her to leave, and Dom's offer to stay is just him asking for a threesome. I agree. 
Uh, I think I've come around since we've had that talk with Montez. And yes, Wes, I'm now on board with you guys. I like this interpretation a lot. So, Joey, stop looking at Screen Rant. It's the worst. I don't look at Screen Rant. I have a Google Alert set up for, for news. Fashion Furious. Yes. Yeah. And they have gamed the system in a way that they are always the first story. Also, they're the only ones like posting about it ever, right? So, like, it makes sense that like I'm seeing their stuff because no one else is posting about these movies other than them because they have clicks to fill, right? So yes. clicks to get. I had to block on my article suggestions on Google, so maybe I could do that too. I think comicbook.com is also owned by them. They fooled me too many times to ever look at their sites again. <laughs> also, their pitch meeting YouTube series thumbnails are the worst, and it makes me angry to see them. What it, would their pitch leading? Pitch meeting, like you know, you're in a meeting, you're pitching a movie or something. I don't, I okay. haven't seen them. I don't, I don't seek them out. Yeah, but I will same. take your word for it. Yes. Joe, how dare you mock the turtle kids? I never had a turtle when I was a kid, but I would love to have one now. I tend to deep dive and do enough research to scare myself out of things like that, though. They're one of those pets that parents get for their kids without realizing how much work they are. Yep. And it makes me sad for all those sick and unhappy turtles. Also, he's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles nerd, whatever. I get that. Yeah, I get it, too. I get I've it. looked at some turtle rescues in Texas to see what's out there and I need to set what I need to set up. But I've also looked at just building a habitat conducive to local turtles and seeing if I can attract wild turtles in the area to come chill. Oh. We've, we have some in the neighborhood fountains, and I could potentially lure them away with a more radical turtle lair. But shame on you for calling turtle kids weird. I didn't say there's anything bad about it. I said they're weird. And weird isn't necessarily bad. Sure. Weird can be good. Weird can be good. Yeah. But Wes, they're stop knocking weird. Yeah, keep Austin weird, man. Isn't that the fucking slogan, bro? That's the slogan. God damn. I don't remember this conversation, but I have a note that says milk is great. So I guess one or both of you don't like it. I don't remember having this conversation at all. I feel I keep, pretty neutral. I keep at least I keep at least three, usually four kinds of milk in our house. We have cow's milk. We have almond, oat, which is my new favorite especially yeah, I, for coffee I, I exclusively drank oat for the last like two years i love oat yeah i mean like for but i mean you know you need regular milk for like baking or cooking things sometimes yeah i i, I use like i will use oat in like when i make macaroni and cheese or whatever like i don't i don't do like baking like, i don't do hardcore baking i would get like actual milk for that but yes i would and yes. then like heavy cream and i like i like almond for like cereal and stuff like that but it's not creamy enough for coffee we go through a ton of oat milk for coffee but i guess i i never drank milk straight until i forced myself to when i was like in college maybe mm -hmm. but like other than that like i never like cartons of milk at school passed never drank them didn't fucking care yeah i always thought it was weird like i drank milk every night with dinner growing up because that was just like what we drank as kids or whatever but like yeah, I never drank it at school, so I'm like, I don't want it out of cardboard. I want it out of, like, a glass at home, right? So he uh, says, I don't drink it a lot, but sometimes it's the best thing in the world. We also tend to have lots of cookies around, so that helps. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Your, your wife's a baker, right? So, exactly. like, it makes sense that you love milk because yeah, cook, cookies and milk. It's a thing. Santa Claus. Milk and cookies. We so used that's to use milk and oh, cookies. Ahead. Ahead. To, we used to use the term milk and cookies to mean quadruple space. Oh. You know, it's just very innocuous, but you know what you're talking about. Yeah. He says, actually, speaking of the cookies, he says, I'm a little behind because we had a pop-up cookie sale on what happened to be the coldest day Austin's had in 30 oh. years. So preparing for that really threw things off, but it was fun. We did it pretty well. Good. I saw some cookies. Yeah. Now that the holidays are over, hopefully I'll be able to catch up. If I don't, you'll never hear from me again. Until next time, if there is Good. a next time, 
stay fierce. But then he emails again like four it. days later. <laughs> I'm listening to the Life in the Fast Lane episode. It reminded me of something I left out of my last email. Okay. Don't remember about Don't Bite the Bait? About, yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. Rita Ora. Yes. I've always interpreted it as her giving general advice, like don't let other racers trick you into doing something stupid. It sounds like an idiom. But recently, Mrs. West was working on cookies, and she needs a lot of garbage content she doesn't have to pay attention to to keep her entertained. So she started Love Island. Oh, this is West said he was writing about Love Island. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. She was watching season seven, I believe it was the Casa Amore episode. They were talking about it, and I overheard one of the girls tell her, guy don't bite meaning don't do anything stupid or let your head get turned over there i think she might have been using a shortened version of the same phrase yeah i'm assuming that they're watching the uk version and rita ora is english so if it's season seven i don't think we've had seven u.s seasons yet so he says he might have gotten the season wrong he says he's not sure but uh, the casa amore episode i don't know casa amore yeah now i'm curious if he was watching like the english version or but i remember they've had a few english people on the past couple american seasons i didn't catch it on that i wish i would have then i would have had the context uh the next email is from a new listener jim weikert los bandolero's image he says hi guys welcome aboard jim how are you doing brother so i forgot this happened but i'll, I'll explain in a second so he said okay. i just found your podcast i'm on the third episode in a row i'll find the patreon before i go what okay. I'm hoping is you still have the original image before the podcast logo, not that I don't love you guys already. I want the image to use to make a custom Hot Wheels backer card for the custom Catalina I built in honor of the movie. Anyway, oh. thank you. Please let me know, Jim. So I emailed Jim back that day or the next day. I was like, hey, here's the image. Let me know if this is the right one. Never heard back from him again. So I don't know if it was. I don't know if it wasn't. I don't know if my email like didn't get to him. But Jim, if you make it to this episode, episode 276 or whatever, and you're like, where's that image? I sent it to you. Email again. Check your spam. Family at yeah. me. <laughs> Check your spam folder. Tell us if you got it. Because I, I, I was mostly curious. Like, I want to help. I want, I want to be helpful, of course. But like, yeah. I also be like, is this the thing you need? I'm just like. Uh, or wanted. Yeah. Right. So. No That's cool, though. There. Gentle, Glad. gentle ask. I think that was easy enough. Cool. Yeah. But glad that he uh, listens, that he wrote in, and yeah. that hopefully this this gets him something that he needs. Cool. Next email from Jason Rainey, subject line, Chow Familia. Hey, Joey and Joe. What's up, brother? How have you been? Jason also was mentioned on the new Uncle Francis because he's listened, he listens to that show, too. He tweets at them yes, or whatever. Yes, yes. And Mike mentioned, you know, our friend Jason Rainey. I'm like, dude, don't forget where he came from. Like, you have him because of us. <laughs> You owe us. You never had him. You never had your podcast. You thought you had Jason. You never had Jason. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Our friend Jason Rainey. Go fuck off, Mike. Come on. He's part of the historian. Resident historian doesn't know the fucking history of where Jason Rainey came from, huh? At the beginning of every episode, I I said this to Brian. I'll just tell you too, because people can know here. At the beginning of every episode of Uncle Francis, Mike introduces it in a way like he does a different impression every time because Mike loves impressions. He loves impressions. And he did an impression on this one. He's like, Brian, do you keep these in? And Brian's like, yeah, if they're good. And like literally 100% of the episodes has started with an impression. Like every single one he's left in. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Mike, how do you not even know? Like it's, it's the most Mike thing to have. Like it is even like, like, you know, nothing about like what goes on. But I feel like you like just in general, like with podcast stuff. But like, I feel like this is even like somehow less than that. It's just like, yes, how do yeah. you, dude. And it's anyway. the beginning. It's the opening. Yeah. There's almost no other way that 
the episode could start. Like if if Brian didn't leave that in, I I genuinely don't know how the episodes would start. It would just like come in hot, like middle conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Anyway, this is from their friend Jason Rainey. I just listened to the new episode of the pod, and it was a fun surprise to hear you get to my dude, What's My Car? Congrats, Joe, on correctly guessing it. Also, props on killing the letterbox game lately. I play along when I listen, and I hardly ever get close to the actual numbers. Yeah, because, like, Joe is either cheating or Rain Man. I'm not and cheating. Are you Rain Man? Probably, when it comes to yeah. letterbox guessing. I lay it out. I told you. You, you hear know, my, my brain vomit of how I get to a number most of the time. It's still wild. It's still wild to me. Yeah, man. I mean, just like I'm a degenerate gambler. I like you just you're just playing the lines here. It's like over unders. That's all you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. just okay. Look, this situation, this guy, probably a little bit higher than that. I like the matchup. It'll work. And he plays yeah. the bet. There you go. Speaking of the car. Mike's friend Jason says, I was also curious why it had mirrors near the front of the hood. I did some digging and apparently those, quote, fender mirrors were the default in Japan in the early days of cars. The country initially had narrow roads and mirrors on the hood meant the car body could be less wide than if they were on the door. For a long time, it was required by law that cars have fender mirrors. This was eventually relaxed as they increased their export market and made cars with door mirrors for other countries. Makes sense. That's cool. wonderful. Yeah, that's a really cool fact. He says, since you asked about the yellow handkerchief, by the way, the Kristen Stewart movie you mentioned is a really bad remake. It wouldn't be completely out of place on the podcast. It has a similar vibe to Tulane Blacktop or Paris, Texas. Oh. One movie you love, one movie you did not really love. But it's a more traditional plot than art film, if that makes sense. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm a fan, but I don't think it would be out of place for you guys to do another, quote, classic car or Japanese film lap. Makes sense. Cool. Enjoying this lap so far with all the Montez chaos energy. I'm looking forward to hopefully diving into more chaotic areas of Vin's career. And you folks reminded me I need to watch Sense 8, my one Wachowski blind spot. Well, Jason, he also says, take care and check Tocito Cuz's Jason. Well, Jason, go do Thank that you, thing. Jason. I'm also wondering what you think of both Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending, because those are three movies that I love that most people Speed don't Racer's love. Speed Racer's fucking good, dude. Speed yeah. Racer's so good. Our next email is from Cool Cube Arctic. This is from... This this is Babacar. He wrote in a while ago. He says, and he starts off, FastX trailer update. Hey, guys, long time no talk again. I know, so inopportune. No, no, not inopportune. Just write in whenever. Unless you're Wes, then write in when you have a note. Yeah. (laughs) Wes, stop letting them accumulate. Send the shit in. None of us remember the milk conversation. Do it at the time. I have no idea what milk we were talking about, but okay. All you do. Two, family came to love me. Subject line, milk. Body, milk is great. Cool. Got it. <laughs> Bingo, bango. Done. Great email, too, by the way. Wonderful email to get. But I thought I'd catch you guys some breaking news or not so breaking by the time you read this on the episode. Long story short, by the time I'm writing this, an exclusive report came out from Collider revealing the details of the fast X launch. Okay. Surprise, surprise. would be the way that F9 did its trailer launch and maybe others, too. We're getting the trailer on Friday, Feb 10. It's going to be more than three minutes long on a yep. TV spot will air during the Super Bowl, too. So it seems to line up with Vin and company teased on Instagram a few weeks back. Okay. It says, honestly, I'm very, very excited for this trailer launch because we don't have any idea where we're going. Like, yeah, we're going to time travel, obviously. I don't know if it's obviously. I mean, we, we they've hinted at that, but who knows? And we saw the car that looks like the right. Back to the Future kind of car. So, I mean, yes, it's not... It's it's highly likely. Mm-hmm. 
He says, but how is this going to roll, you know? Plus, I have a feeling this is going to be more serious or somber trailer than the previous movies had. I don't think so. I don't think I don't yet. think so. I, I, think, I, I think the final one, yes. I think this one, not yet. I think but this even the sad. final one, I can see it, like, starting out a little somber and then being, like, cars and booties and, like, yeah. just mm-hmm. sending us into it. Because that's what the movies are about, right? Yep. Unlike Nine, where it felt kind of funny and serious at the same time, man, next month can't come soon enough. Well, we're excited. We're going to cover it, and we'll talk all about it. And I hope that you write in when it comes out and tell us what you think about it. Yeah. We'll talk about that, too. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's advance notice to everybody. If when the trailer comes out, you watch the trailer at that time, you have basically half an hour from the time the trailer launches to email us to be on that bonus episode. Otherwise, yeah, we'll do it on the next on the next Life of the Fast Lane, which is also fine. But if you want to be on the trailer update, because like, I, I genuinely think like the coolest episode we ever did, which there was more time, but when we did the F nine spoiler filled review, and we basically had like all of our regular like the the, the you know writer everybody guys, being hype, yep, all emailed in like their thoughts. We did like an hours of an hours worth of email. That was cool. So and, if like, you want to be on the trailer theories, episode, yes, theories, and we could talk about it. Maybe you yep. see something we didn't see. Maybe you yep. see something we did see, and we can get hyped together. All of these things agreed. Yep. So if you have like half an hour or so, I mean, depending on what it is, but if it's a Friday, like it'll probably be in the afternoon. Like if it's gonna be an event, who knows? But like we'll probably watch it. We'll we'll record it, and like basically, if you're done writing the email in by the time we finish the episode, we can read it at the end. But just here's an advance warning: if you want to get your thoughts in about the trailer, as soon as you watch it. Shoot that email. Shoot your shot. Also, of course, if the Bills make the Super Bowl, becoming I became part of Bills Mafia since we last talked. It'd be Ooh. cool to watch them win it on the same weekend. We get the trailer. Be a pretty dope weekend indeed. Anywho, just want to hear your thoughts on the trailer date now that we know when to expect it. Again, good listening to y'all. Keep up the good work. Talk soon. Our last email from today, subject line, new Patreon, <gasps> Justin Kleiman. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. After okay. being exiled by Patreon, he writes, for God knows what reason, it would appear I'm back for now. What a bunch of nonsense. Can't wait Can't wait to dig into all the sexy behind the paywall content I've missed over the last six weeks. I will say, so J- Justin, for some reason, had a real issue with Patreon where it wouldn't it hated his card. him, specifically his, him. Yeah, his credit card did not change, did not cancel, did not decline, did not expire. He just wound up canceling his entire account and then, you know, r- doing a new one and it seemed to work. So, like, if you ever with have the same weird, card? Because he reached out, I reached out, nothing could help. So if you ever have any weird Patreon, like you want to be a patron, but you can't, and it's giving you shit, it seems like canceling, waiting a couple days, and restoring worked, but who knows. I'm glad you're back, Justin, and we appreciate you. Thank you for being a Patreon. A patron. I appreciate it. He says, Joe, too, I think I have a show recommendation for you. I know Ooh. you occasionally look for suggestions of shows that are sweet and peaceful. We're planning a trip to the UK. Okay. And yes, I plan on saying, you're in London, baby, at Hank and Bonnie <laughs> incessantly. <laughs> in our research, we discovered they all have these canals that take people on trips in these long boats. We become a bit obsessed with the idea and discover the show Great Canal Journeys. Great Sounds like a porno. Starring 80-year-old man, married couple, British actors Timothy West and Prunella Scales. That's a great name, Prunella Scales. They just take weekend trips together in these canals in the British countryside and talk about how pretty it is for half an hour. It's just meditating. It's on Amazon. Check it out, Justin. So great canal journeys. Woody, imagine what you think these people look like because that's what they look like. Yeah. I'm picturing the parents from Up, the grandparents from Up. Great. Canal journeys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
Cool. They're just like two old, sweet-looking English people. Yeah. I bet that they're they're really, really. Oh God, there's series five. Okay, cool. There's a ton of them. This is a lot of content. Got a lot of content. I dig it. First, cool. you got to do icons on Earth, and then you got to do this. Yes, yes, yes. Icons on Earth. I got up in a tab too. So cool. All right, that's all the email for today. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to write in, please and thank you. We'll read it on episode seven of Life in the Fast Lane in three weeks. Joe, is The Rock in Fast X? No. Okay. Well, let's watch the trailer for Tokyo Drift, the most recent episode we did with Montez. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift trailer HD. I almost guarantee that we've watched this at least once. We have watched this, yeah. In the last couple of years, we did family watch-alongs. Two minutes and six seconds posted by The Fast Saga eight years ago. Let me know when you are ready. I'm ready whenever you are, bud. Three, two, one, play. And no pressure, but I think I, I expect this to be the best trailer of any of the movies. Yeah, we've yeah we've seen it. I've... I mean, starting out okay. with that, right? Oh, yeah. You think we'll get Chrissy Teigen in here right now? Sit, though. Exceedingly handsome man. Rachel noticed him in the credits the other day. It's called drifting. What do you mean, drift? We never had this monologue before. Still need a dictionary? On the other side of the world, on the wrong side of the law, a new style of racing rules the Tokyo underground. How you guys get away with this? There she is. I said, are we going to get Chrissy Deegan? We get boobs in the trailer. Unbelievable. Nice. But when you live on the edge, I like the movie voiceover too. Anything can happen. I think this is Don LaFontaine, maybe, or maybe that was a different guy, but he was definitely one of the movie voices. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Are you moving up in the world? You gotta elevate your company. The bigger the risk. Well, it's interesting they have not dropped Fast and Furious yet. You know, they have yeah, and the those like. Those like goofy oh, bikes were never in the movie either. Those like they're like dudes on scooters. I never saw those in the movie. The music fits in is different though too. This feels like this was probably like the original. No translation. Okay. It's gonna be in English. What? Uh, <laughs> Uwabaki. Yeah, I, I, this is a good trailer. It's not as good as I was hoping for, but we got Chrissy Teigen, so that's all that matters. And you get the, the this at the end, Han circling yeah. the girls. I think it was a pretty solid trailer. It was just if it, it totally felt a little weird. Yeah. With like a, a monologue we don't get from Bow Wow or got yep. cut. Yep. We get the movie guy voice and then the music not being the soundtrack and the soundtrack being so right. iconic. It feels a little off, but yes, it yeah. wasn't bad. I would agree. So we'll watch the. I feel like this the the next ones we watch for Seven Fate, Hobbs and Nine. Like Nine, we've seen the trailer obviously because we we covered it on here. But like those, I probably saw in theaters. I mean, like we're getting to the point where like I was going to the movies a lot. Like yes, yeah, yeah. Six was like on the cusp of that. I feel like I've maybe seen these trailers. I don't know though. So curious to see what they hold in future life's lives in the fast lane. But Joe, the final thing to do before we pack up, close up shop, send our women of the night home like sean's oh, dad yeah oh i didn't expect you here is the fast and furious minutes minute 81 the minute i called brian esta loco 
In this minute, police swerve out of the way of the roadblock that Brian and Roman caused last minute. Brian continues to dangle out his window to remove the ESD from the side of his car as Enrique struggles to keep their car driving straight. After several seconds, Brian is able to remove the ESD, restoring his car. He throws it at the cops in pursuit, hitting a car and causing more chaos. Cops continue to swerve to avoid more collisions, largely unsuccessfully. Brian and Roman laugh maniacally from their cars. And with the ESD safely removed, Brian's car returns to full performance as the minute ends. And I feel like I don't have a lot of takeaways from this because there's not a lot going on here. But I feel like I don't think of these action scenes. We've talked about this over and over again in the minute. I don't feel like these scenes are that long until we're like in minute five in a row of like ESDs. Just like, oh, yeah, like that's still the same scene. I 100% agree with you. I've had this thought many times when we're watching this. Like when we're like, how long is the race? And you're like, oh, it's like 12 minutes long. Yeah. You know, oh, you're like, yeah. it oh, doesn't like, feel like what, it. One minute every three weeks now, like a 12 minute long scene would be nine months of those. Doing, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So I don't have a lot to say here. Um, I will save my one thing that I, the one trivia question I have for later. But what did you notice here in this minute? You said you found a couple things after a few watches. Just because we talked about it before, uh, we get another shot of Brian's odometer and the trip has gone up some, so I marked that. We're now cool. 4.1 miles on the car. Oh, by the way, Alex Ellen was DMing me on Instagram. He's just like, I use a trip odometer all the time. I'm like, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, but I'm a car guy. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I, like I'd like i never <laughs> use it, but he's just like, some people use it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I use it. Like, we use it. But, okay. Fucking car guys, man. Yes, so th- there's... N- the car has been driven, and it, and it's sequentially correct based on what's happening. So they're shooting this in chronological order, at least. I got something that was kind of a little bit of a white whale for me, and I was very proud of myself today. We finally get a nice shot of the model number of the screen in Brian's dash. So cool. I could okay. find that and um, link to it, got everything that's written on it. I It was impossible to read until, like, this this specific shot and although you can't read what's on the screen because it keeps like flickering and changing very quickly i got the model number of the screen so i was proud of that if you want to buy the same screen that brian has in his lancer there's the model number uh i will say that i do not want to but thank you for doing the work you're welcome um and the other cool thing was i found exactly where this is shot uh used uh the sign as the cue of um where it was the sign is uh exit two and then it says one mile until that uh the sign has changed since then but if you go to the place you can see that uh it's exactly where like all the cops kind of meet at the end type situation 
Uh, it's right in front of that sign. So that's where it is. Found the sign for exit two in one mile by walking a mile back down the road on Google Maps and being like, yep, that's the place. So I thought while watching this, I was going to try to count the cop cars because there's so many cops yes. in pursuit. Per- but it's, it's so hard. They're, they're swerving so much. Head. It's so hard to do. I Get out like- of my head. Go ahead. Can I tell you what I was about to say? Yeah, This go is my it. last thought. I had... A trivia question. As you said, you know, all weekend, been watching Super Wild Card Weekend. I brought it up before when we were talking about the Letterbox game. You know what I thought my trivia question would be? What is it? 12 and a half over under cop cars in this scene. Oh, I think it's it's definitely over. Like, it's probably closer to 20, I would say, right? But I don't know. Right? There's 12 at the last part. But considering he blows up one with... Like, one of them, like, is, is getting smashed, so it is over 12 and a half. There's at least one more. Okay, yeah, because it just feels like they keep coming. Like, cars crash into each other, they get hit with the ESD, they crash into one another, they swerve out of the way, others come. Like, it feels like there's, like, 20 or 25, but I don't know, because the, the one trivia question so you're that saying I have it's so easy. Here, okay, fair. I don't know if that is easy, but I just feel like there's just so many of them, and I also don't have a number in the doc. We could find the number, but, like, the one number I have, and I don't love this, but it's, I feel like... Even but in that's, my head, I know the answer to this question. But go ahead. No, but that's why I was like over or under. You know what I mean? Like it's like a true or false question. Right. As opposed to like how many cop cars are there because it's very difficult to count. Right. But I thought the same thing as I was Because I feel like it's, it, this is like flashing us back to like the first scene with like there were 17 fires, garbage can fires in this one parking lot things. There were – which were there more beer bottles or were there more – you know what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. – candles, like that kind of thing. Yep. It's the closest we've had I think in a while. I just – wasn't able to get an accurate enough count to include in here. But the question that I have, which I think is very minute, but also it's a, it's, I, would I like have, it. Even without multiple choice answers, I would have guessed this. Yes. What color is the rag or cloth that Brian uses to remove the ESD from his car? I will let you listen to the podcast answer. What do you think it is? They say it in your head. This is like Dora the Explorer. Red. Yes, you're right. It's red. It's red just, I, I, I would have guessed red. Yeah, I would have guessed red, but I don't know why I would have guessed red. But Yellow. Like, yellow's a good alternate. Black and then purple, right? Like all the like car and a, like accompaniment things. Yeah, white too. Good job. Yep, I was just about to say that. Yep. And I, I, I honestly have no idea why I think why I'm so confident on being red. Like it feels like I'm, very I'm a level confident of confident being red of, too. It being yep. red in a way that I'm like maybe it's not red. Like, why do I think it's so definitively red? But, yeah. Because most bandanas are red, and you remember it being a bandana-type situation. It's not. It's no, it's no terrible towel, I can tell you that much. It's definitely not. Not a terrible towel. The name of the minute comes from the... So there's dialogue. There's not a lot of dialogue in here, but Roberto says to Roman, que pasa? Like, what's going on? And then Enrique... But don't we want to make this a dumber title i like i like your title i think it's the most appropriate but considering it's the episode title i know like but I, I i also just think it's funny to like put out in the world that brian spilner brian o'connor brian walker whatever uh is crazy like it's just like do you have like a dumber name that you want to call it oh i was thinking like one mile from exit two or something like you know like i like them with like weight that means nothing you know, I, I, I don't think that that's better or worse. I just think that, like, it's dumber. Like, it seems like it 
it's like, oh, what are they talking about? And it's like, oh, I just found the sign that said, like, exit two is one mile away and found where that was. I think another reason I like this, and I just realized this now, is because, like, it reminds me of Kill Bill when Oren Ishii says to the bride, like, you know, silly Caucasian girl thinks she can play with samurai sword, just like, dumbass white people. You know what I mean? Like, Brian, you fucking cr- Like, what are you doing? Because, like, I like that as a title. Silly Caucasian girl thinks she can play with Japanese samurai swords. Mm. That means nothing to this episode, but that kind of works, too. I think it needs to be, sh- like, based on how I have the text set up, I think it needs to be shorter. We'll figure it out. As I, 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 I can't. Me, okay, so here here's my new vow to you. Starting okay. next minute, I will not name the minutes. We can name them in the episode. I have a fondness, and I can't explain why. I have a fondness for this title. I just like the idea of like a picture That's okay. of yeah. Brian being anti Brian Esta Loco. That's fine. Yeah, like I like I don't think that it's I don't think it's bad. I I just like yeah, I don't think it's yeah. bad or, or not good. I'm fine. I with can't it. I can't explain why I like it, but I like it. But anyway, Enrique is yelling at him in Spanish for a while. I can't it's aesthetically it pleasing, just um, just visually too. I yeah. kind of like it, like the. I am worried if like Apple Podcasts will be able to parse the like a with a little tilde on top of it, but we're gonna find yeah, out. We'll if you don't out. get an episode on Tuesday, it's because if, if you're not, I guess you can't. If you're hearing this, you have the episode. Yeah, it's gonna be a question mark box. Maybe, very very possibly. Inside the title of this episode. But at the end of his tirade, Enrique yelling at Brian, he says, Estas loco. So, crazy. Crazy ass white boy. Anyway, anything else to say about this minute? I feel like we're getting to the end of it. Talking about mailing in your homework, this one, I guess this is the natural progression to the end of the ESDs, but... We're... Oh, you're saying we're mailing in our homework? No, 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 no. Just like you're saying, they're mailing in their homework. Yeah, it feels like okay. Like we've dragged this out long enough now. Like we got the ESD, we saw what happened, but obviously we're watching it minute by minute. This is really like you know, if we had never seen this movie before, this blows by. So it just feels like the last minute. It's like what happens? It's like oh well, Brian's trying to get the ESD out of his car. It's like okay, this minute, like what happens? Like oh well, Brian's trying to get the ESD out of his car, right? Like, exactly. That's like... what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've rode this long enough. Like, we get it. He's driving and trying to take the thing out of the side. Like, mm-hmm. fucking chuck it at the cop and let's get moving. Yeah, but now that it's out, he's going to be free to get away. Like, I'm just excited that we're going to have the Suki yes. and, and Tej scene soon. There's No, oh, that's cool, that's cool. no, that's going to be like in in months because we have the whole scramble before. Okay, yeah. Good luck with the scramble, by the way, man. Thanks. I'll be good. We'll be okay. You're going you're gonna to catalog dozens of cars? Yeah. There's a whole okay. bunch on car internet movie data. I mean, it's like, true. there's a bunch of them. Like, it's just... And a lot of them are repeats anyways, dude. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll find a bunch of them. I will. The next episode we're doing in earnest on the feed is Furious 7 with Montez. And also, I think I teased on the last episode or just said it. Special guest Brian, Late Night Slumber Party Rodriguez. So if you want chaos, it could go... It's either going to be really normal or the worst episode we've ever had, like, in a chaotic kind of way. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know which way it's going to go, but next episode, Furious 7 with two guests, so be here for that. Then we have The Last Witch Hunter with guest Mark Hoffmeyer, which we talked about. Um, We will talk about that. That is our pit stop. And then we got Life in the Fast Lane, minute 82 in three weeks. Between now and then, though, patrons get a bonus episode of Ralph Breaks the Internet later this week. It's already out by the time you, a main listener, main feed listener, hear this. We will have our Fast X trailer review, and we will also have Justin Kleiman's patron review, or patron episode, of The First Purge, which is very exciting. Lots of bonus episodes. And also, I will tease, there's another bonus episode coming out, too, that we're not going to announce, but something else on the Patreon. Just keep your eye on that. Like, genuinely... 
with like three bonus episodes the next like three weeks like yeah. if you're on the fence and i don't know that people are still on the fence because i feel like by now you would have switched over like if this is our family we're gonna ride or die with like that's fine with me but if you're on the fence make the switch because there's uh, entirely too many episodes coming out i will say i'll just say it yeah. too many yeah. i mean give us more than a dollar a month don't you want stickers don't you want to pick something true. don't you want to do it a whole lap true don't you want to flex on your friends by giving yeah. money to a podcast on the internet true Anyway. Uh, yeah, like, like, look, take the $5 you were going to spend on Iggy Azalea's OnlyFans. Oh, it's more expensive than that. Is it? I think it's like, I looked, I, I looked, I think it's like 15 or 25 Is this like on. sexy photos or are we going to get buttholes in this? I will read the description, hold on, because you can see the description of OnlyFans. Oh, okay. And, and it She's tells you like posts. buttholes or not buttholes? It like tells you if they're $25 like... a month. Jesus Oh, it Christ. just says hotter than hell. She was promising some, like, real steamy content or something. I, I literally just, I, I need, like, a binary yes butthole, no butthole type situation. I, I just out of curiosity. Like, that's, because, like, whenever these, like, celebrities make an OnlyFans, I'm always like, is this just going to be, like, stupid pictures? And most likely, yes, for $25 a month. But then I was like... But there's a there's an off ch- there's a non-zero chance that you might just see like just full butthole. I think if, if you saw something, you, you would know. I might also bleep out butthole. I don't know. We're gonna find out. See I mean, I it wasn't saying anything bad. Just... I get it. But yeah, family friendly. Even though this has every podcast episode has an explicit line. But yes, if you want, instead of giving Iggy Azalea twenty five dollars a month, give us five or ten dollars a month, and then treat yourself to another something with the other fifteen or twenty. Right? You so. won't see my butthole either. You're paying us not to see it. it pre- pretty much. Pretty much. Probably for the best, yeah. 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 Um, any final thoughts that are not butthole related? <laughs> no. That's the only thing I can think about now. Once well, I said it, it's over. That was okay. the whole thing. <laughs> well, then, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Email us family at cage club i mean great email back today thank you all yes, for ringing in do it again next time please and thank you especially west just send in the single notes instead of like hey here's a backlog of my last 18 months worth of notes it's like guy i don't remember any of these conversations although i think we remembered most of it so i think we you know he kind of okay. oversold it but yeah family at cage club me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com and our store over on t public where we're not the podcast we are fast to forever and come back next week for Montez and Brian joining us for Furious 7. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we will tell you all about it when we see you.